Hi there, and welcome to The Works. I'm Ben Che, flying solo as a presenter this week as Ben Pelletier is off on his travels. Still, we have a packed show. In our studio today, music from the instrument they say the angels play. I'll be talking to French harp player Isabel Moretti. And we have plenty of exhibitions by contemporary artists, including New York and Paris-based artists Jeremy Everett, and from Hong Kong, Ko Sing Tung and Ma King Tung. First, though, to France. As we've said in earlier episodes of the works, during the 20th century, Paris was considered one of the world's great artistic centers. And among those who flocked there from all over the world were many of the greatest Chinese artists of the past 100 years, as the exhibition Paris Chinese Painting at the Hong Kong Museum of Art shows. It was during the new cultural movement that emerged in China around 1915 that a group of Chinese artists first went to study in France under the work-study program. The man behind the movement, Chai Yuanpei, advocated replacing religion with art education and felt that Chinese fine arts should be blending Chinese with the West. Zhu Beihong, Lin Fengmin, Sanyo and others were among the first generation of such artists to take part in the cultural exchange. There are influence from French or European masters. The masters of realism and naturalism influence Zhu Beihong. Uh, Ling Fangmian was uh, influenced and interested in uh, Modigliani, Matisse and others. So there is this uh, respect and interest in the artists in France. Another aspect is also the subjects. We have a room with only nude models. Chinese artists like Pan Yuliang or uh, Chang Yu invented a very new way to uh, describe the nude. Everyone 畫畫下呢,得到個機會呢,都可以入咗呢個巴黎高等美術院讀藝術。The exhibition also includes works by Zhang Dai Chen from the collection of the Musée Genushi, one of the few European museums dedicated to collecting Chinese art. Zhang arrived in Paris in 1956. He was already an established artist and visited both Picasso and André Masson. Zhang Dai Chen is very interesting for us because he used uh, Chinese uh, traditional media. He has a new way of interpreting classical fame. 
A rare video by filmmaker Zhu Yokwa accompanies the exhibition of Chiang Dai-jen paintings. The exhibition also features a second group of artists that left for France to study from the mid-1940s to the mid-1950s. This group includes Wu Guangzhong, Zhao Wuqi, Zhu Chun, and Wallace Ting. A few had already studied under artists like Lin Fengmin, who'd returned to China to teach. Even before the time when he came to France, uh, Zhao Wuti already, as he was trained in this French spirit by Ling Fangmian. So when he came to France, he very smoothly, very easily entered this uh, Paris atmosphere. An artist like uh, Wallace Ting, who came to Paris in the same time, uh, also had very close relationship with a European artist like uh, Aleshinsky. Trudeutin only recognizes the influence of two artists. One is Nicolas de Stal and the other one is uh, Rembrandt. And I think this is also telling us something. Hong Kong had a special place in the life of many of these artists as they traveled through the then colony on their way to Europe or on their way back. Wallace Ting stayed in Hong Kong from 1946 until 1952 before going to Paris. Lin Fengmin settled in Hong Kong in his later years. Pewa 當你知的時候,原來這一兩筆背後附在成全了有關係人性、情操、對藝術的追求、理想和一代人已經離開我們,一百年來,他當時怎樣很艱辛、很努力地去追求藝術。At Gallery Exit until the 25th of July, you have the chance to see two exhibitions for the price of one, and both are by homegrown artists. Macking Tung's Almost Empty is about exactly what its title suggests, the idea of emptiness or absence. In her exhibition, A Closed Room, Ko Sing Tung is examining the idea of the marketization of objects with which we create homes and environments for ourselves. Objects from a modern home, presented in a different way.
And we're ending part one on a less than happy note. Last year, we were lucky enough to meet Lauren Mazel, who was here to conduct performances of music by Richard Wagner and Benjamin Britten, as well as his own Ring Without Words. Maestro Mazel was planning to embark on a series of projects with the Hong Kong Philharmonic. There was plenty to look forward to. But on Sunday, at the age of 84, Lauren Mazel died of complications from pneumonia at his home in Virginia. The important thing is for people playing to feel that they love what they're doing and that it's it's meaningful in today's world. It is. And that's up to the um, conductor to um, communicate his own belief in the art form and his love for it. From beginning violin lessons at the age of five and conducting lessons at the age of seven, Lauren Mazel went on to become a world-renowned conductor, a composer, and a mentor and supporter of young talent. Throughout his career, he conducted more than 150 orchestras in no fewer than 5,000 opera and concert performances. A performance is not uh, a reproduction, a photocopy of the printed score. It's something, it uh, defies description, but you're dealing with human beings, uh, the player, the listener, and that's an entirely different dimension. I think it's very important that we place our lives and what happens uh, in the world today in the larger perspective of space-time. Welcome back. Most visual art is about creating a finished object that will then be displayed and communicate its message to viewers. New York-based American artist Jeremy Everett doesn't try to do that. In his work, he wants to present pieces that may not be completely finished in a traditional sense. Many are still changing, still in a state of evolution. Or is it decay? The Edouard Malin Gallery is currently showing a solo exhibition of Jeremy's work, No Exit. I grew up in a pretty wild place, and there's a lot of just unfinished things. And then the nature is always at play on stuff, so there's things are falling apart in a beautiful way. So that was that's a huge part of it, and there's just an expanse of nothing. And that's something I always feel. I like to deconstruct the idea of a painting deconstruct the idea of a photograph into the most raw, basic. Jeremy Everett was born and raised in Colorado, where, he says, there's plenty of grass and wilderness. Today, he likes to use the natural world and the elements of nature in his work. Many of his works use natural materials or are exposed to those elements or to chemical processes. He's interested in what happens when people and works interact with what's around them, vulnerable to and changed by what's there. Uh, no exit is a term that I've used a lot for different work. Um, loosely, it just means something that I feel when I look at the work, 
and then when I'm producing the work. It's about freedom. It's about not being able to explain things as well, and there's some magic to that. And it's about these uncontrollable things happening and letting yourself go to that. I like materials that reject each other. I don't use traditional materials when I'm making works. I like this kind of rejection or things that happen that repel in terms of mark making. The Mylar blankets are durable and they're lightweight and I could take a lot of them wherever I went. I was attracted to the material for that reason and also how it looks visually and that it could lend itself to a work. But I had no idea in the beginning. These paintings are photographic emulsion applied to a Mylar material and the marks are made from light exposure on that silver gelatin emulsion. So what I do is I coat it just like a piece of raw film, close the material, open it to light so raw light is hitting it, close it again and develop it like a photograph. Everett has also tried painting on a white wall with milk, using an organic rather than man-made substance for his art. He sees it as creating a still image that exists just for a while before changing. The same principle lies behind this colour pump work, in which he shot pigment into the sky and photographed the result. If you're so focused on something, producing something, then that's not what it's about. You know, you, you start on something and then you find something that's more interesting and it, it becomes the work, right? So you have to let yourself kind of go to, to find that, I think. <laughs> and joining us in the studio is world-renowned harpist Isabel Moretti, who's in town uh, as part of Le French May for a recital. Hi, Isabel. Welcome to the program. Hi. So let, let me start off by asking you, uh, the harp. Why did you choose the harp, and what is so special about this instrument? I when I was in school, when I was seven, we had music school. And the best uh, were able to make a choice of instrument. So all my, my friends uh, wanted to play piano, of course, like, like everybody. And I said, oh my god, no, I have to find something a bit more different, something, another instrument. And definitely when I, when I saw the, when the harp came, uh, for a little girl, I was eight years old, with it, like, it was like a Christmas tree for me. It was, it's, it's a beautiful instrument, of course. So I think the aesthetic of the harp seduced me <laughs> first. And uh, you were also in town uh, tonight. You're actually playing a recital at the APA. Yes. Can you tell us what people can expect from the uh, recital? Oh, it's a, it's a difficult question. I, I want them to expect nothing. <laughs> Just be there and try to to be free and I will I will try to in fact for me playing music is some um, kind of connection I want to speak to the audience I want to perhaps we it's a way in our world to communicate in another level mm. you know all over the music is so over over and all over the words mm. so i hope i will be able to speak to the audience could you play a piece for us tonight yes of course what would you like to play um i will play the 
from Claude Debussy, a French composer, Le Clair de Lune. It's from a suite called Suite Bergamas. 